Amen. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. How are y'all doing? Some of y'all look really good this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, good morning. Say, so you look pretty. Don't lie in the house of the Lord, though. That's a sin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. I'm JD. I get to be y'all's um, uh, teacher again today. And today is the fourth day of Advent. It's the fourth Sunday of Advent. And so with that, we have the fourth candle lit as we will be celebrating the candle of peace. How God sent a message through the angels to the shepherds that peace was on earth. Amen. Will you do me a favor and please stand as we read in honor of God's word, the gospel of Luke. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke 2. Luke chapter 2, whether it's digital or in person, go ahead and grab your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 2. It'll be up on the screen, but that's training wheels, right? Right. I'm looking for men, of, men and women of faith to open up their scriptures like we did, you know, 20 years ago and such. Right? <coughs> Good job, James. Chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. It says, And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. You may be seated. Now about this time, <coughs> excuse me, normally I'd be telling you there's about three things that jump out to me. That's what we've talked about the last three Sundays. But today, there's only one. There's only one thing that jumps out and it's at verse 14. Verse 14 <coughs> has this really awesome phrase. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole part of the nativity story. It says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. I remember being a little kid. And I remember hearing that verse and think, wow, like that's awesome. You know, Jesus wants us to get along with each other during Christmas time. So that was like the only time of the year that my brother and I ever got along. <laughs> my brother is five years older than me. And, um, well, there's family listening, so I'll be gentle. He's a pale, to say the least. Um, I'm the good-looking one. I can say that. He's not here. <laughs> anyway, but my brother and I did not get along. We actually were pretty violent with each other physically. We'd, you know, fist a cup in the front yard if we had to. But Christmas time was the one time... That I thought, because of this scripture, 
Jesus wanted everybody to get along at Christmas time. That's not what that means. But then as I got older, Josh, I heard, you know, have you ever heard the story of World War I on Christmas Day? <clears throat> what a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you don't know, I mean, I could bring Everett up here, but he's in the back, my World War I expert. <laughs> he's eight and he knows more than I do about it. But um, they, they called a ceasefire on Christmas Day. And not just like, hey, we'll stop shooting at you and you stop shooting at us. They actually like got out of the trenches and came and met with one another in the middle of the battlefield. Because it's Christmas. All right? And in my head, I'm going, well, see, that makes sense. They got taught the same thing. Jesus' birthday, he wants one. You know when, you're, when it was your mom's birthday, she's like, I don't want anything. I just want y'all to have like, I want you to clean the house. You know, like she did the, the guilt present. Any moms, do y'all do that regularly? Look at y'all, skill right there. <laughs> I thought that was the way Jesus was with his birthday present. Just, hey, peace on earth, all right? And I was like, okay. But then as it came to preaching this, this sermon, and I started studying, um, God absolutely changed my world about a month and a half ago. Um, I'll, I'll get there. Later, because I don't want a spoiler alert, so Leanne, you got to hold on, all right? Don't pressure me. <laughs> so I started asking the question, okay, peace on earth, peace on earth, peace, peace, peace. What a weird thing. We all know we need it, but half of us couldn't even define it. And all of us have our own definitions of it. And I got to think in peace. What does the world say peace is, Ryan? Maybe a hippie slogan? Dude, peace. Right? Far out. <laughs> Tie-dye shirts and such. Maybe for some people, peace is a clean house. Peace, be still. Some people are nodding their heads. And it's Christmas time, of course. So bring out the family dysfunction, right? Peace could be the family getting along. <clears throat> and that could be maybe you have a, you know, <laughs> maybe you're in a family that has a different political viewpoint than you do. Or maybe the whole family has the same political viewpoint and you have the weird cousin What is peace to the world? Family getting along? Is it, is it as simple as, hey, we don't need any more world wars. I just, I want peace on the earth. Right? All of the kids getting along during Christmas vacation. What is it? I mean, the, the Bible itself mentions peace 360 times exactly. 360 times. And then I got to thinking about some of the things that the Bible says about peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, right? <clears throat> One of the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, right? And then Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, right? 
I was like, okay. Okay, so getting along. Harmony. Absence of chaos, right? And I wanted to do a deep dive and see what some of the other scriptures, because not, we're not going to look at all 360 of them, but I wanted to look at more scriptures that talked about peace. So the first one that we're going to look at is Psalm 29, 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So that means that God can give it to us. Okay? And then Psalm 34, 14, it says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. <laughs> so not only does God give it, but we're supposed to be about it. Okay, okay. Proverbs 12, 20 says this, Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. I thought that was a cool way of saying it, Leah. Like, not only are we supposed to have it and pursue it, but we're supposed to share it. Like a counselor sharing wisdom, right? Sharing peace. Okay? And then Romans 14, 18 and 19 says, For he who is in this way serves Christ, is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then we pursue the things that make for peace and the building up of one another. One more time, we say that again, don't we? We're supposed to be pursuing it, not just pursuing it, but using it to build. That's not just like saying, hey, I want to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to pursue that. Donuts in the lobby do not help me. <laughs> it doesn't just talk about pursuing, it talks about actually getting it, putting it in your hand, and using it with one another, building up one another, right? And then Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious about nothing. I'm going to let that one hang for a little while. Be Anxious about your mother-in-law? Not enough money in your bank account to pay for the holiday bills? A spouse getting deployed? Be anxious about nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's a good one. I mean, they're all good, but that one, that one hits close to home, doesn't it? <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 14, it says, Pursue peace with all men, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. 
James 3.18 says the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And then Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, Therefore I, this is Paul the Apostle talking, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another, being diligent. Being diligent to preserve The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Man, as if there's ever a scripture that South Point needs to live by over the last three months, it's that one. Be diligent. To preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. <clears throat> As I'm looking at those scriptures, man, I'm like, man, that's, that's good stuff. You know, pursue it, build it, plant it, use it, be about it. God will give it to us. But is that really what the angels meant when they told the shepherds that? Seems kind of lacking, doesn't it? Seems kind of like we're cutting ourselves short, aren't we? You're telling me what Jesus wants as his birthday present is just get along? Have you met my family? I'm the sane one. I am. Bad part is they know it. (laughs) So as I'm sitting here and I'm processing this peace on earth, goodwill towards men, something just didn't sit right with that, Cassie. It's like, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Now fast forward, rewind back to what I said about a month and a half ago, God absolutely changed my cosmos with one scripture. Guys, I've I've been a Christian since I was at the age of nine. I've read the Bible, studied the Bible, went to college for the Bible, like, and I came across a scripture that is the Lord is my witness. I've never paid attention to. I was in my classroom, and I didn't get a chance to read scripture at my house before I left for work. Students weren't in there yet. I was having some quiet time, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull my classroom Bible out. I'm gonna open it up. All right, Lord, lead me. I felt the Spirit say Ephesians. And I opened it up to Ephesians 2. And I'm I'm reading. And I'm reading. And I came across this passage, this verse. Starting in verse 13. And the topic that that Paul is talking about right in there is he's trying to say that Gentiles and Jews can both have Jesus. And we can both be in unity. That's the context of that scripture. I'm not going to snowball and pull it out of context. I'm going to tell you exactly where it was in context. This is what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 and 14 says. But now... 
In Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Okay, I've heard that before. We're good to go. Covered in the blood, right? This next part hit me at my knees. For he himself is our peace. And the light bulb clicked on, Thomas. I'm sitting there and I'm reading this and I'm like, For he himself is our peace? But what about the Christmas verse? I I know, I had a moment. It's okay to laugh at me. (laughs) Because it says, And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Now, Now that we just read Ephesians 2, pay attention to this in a different light. Glory to God in the highest and on earth... Peace among men. The angels were declaring, God is among you now. His name is peace. The angels were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men because of the baby in The manger. (laughs) Jesus isn't asking us to get along with each other for Christmas time. Jesus is asking us to tell the world, Christ has come. That is the peace that he is talking about. And I was like, oh my God. For he himself is our peace. Well, then peace on earth, Jesus on earth, and oh my God, Emmanuel means God is with us. This is like a Christmas sandwich. <laughs> and I just had this moment, Dawn, where I, I, I was blown away for like five minutes. I'm sitting in my chair going, how many times have Christians prayed, Lord, give me peace? And Jesus is like, duh. I'm here. I will never again pray to God and ask Him to give me peace. I have it. He's my Savior. I don't need to pray and ask for peace. Jesus Himself is my peace. That's what Ephesians says. And so I started digging a little bit. I'm like, all right, Lord. But that makes sense for some scriptures. But when it says, you know, peacemakers. Well, I'm not a Jesus maker, so help me understand this, Lord. And this is the conclusion that I came to. There's natural peace. There's man-made peace. We could call it worldly peace, but sometimes we use worldly as like sinful and bad. I don't want to talk about it like that. So we're going to call it earthly peace. Earthly peace is good. It's like, you know, we want, we want Israel and the rest of the Middle East to have peace, right? You want to have peace among your family, the, ha- the clean house, right, moms, right? 
We, we want earthly peace, and there's nothing wrong with earthly peace. There's lots of scriptures that we just read that talk about, be about earthly peace. Be a peacemaker. Be a peace pursuer. Be the one to, to calm a fight. Be the one to reconcile your marriage or your friends that are fighting or whatever it may be. Be a peacemaker. There's nothing wrong with earthly peace. Jesus wants us to pursue earthly peace. Remember salt and the light? Remember when Jesus says, you're the salt and you're the light? The salt, preserving, maintaining some amount of goodness in the world on behalf of our king? Pursue earthly peace. That is noble. Anyone will tell you, you ask a couple that's been married over 30, 40, 50 years. Peace is a good thing. And husbands learn real quickly how to be about making peace in your home for your wife. Amen? My ritual on most days that I remember, I take my wife's tumbler cup into the kitchen and I empty out the old Dr. Pepper and I put fresh ice and fresh Dr. Pepper and then I slowly quietly walk into our bedroom and set it on her end table and then I walk out and then if I can go get bacon it makes the peace multiply (laughs) you laugh (laughs) I'm for real my wife and I are going to southeast Texas to do Christmas with the whole family my wife gets very ramped up when we have to travel It's just a lot of things because moms, you know, because dads are like, get in the car. And the mom's like, no, I have to pack my bag and the children's bags and I have to make sure that everything's taken care of. And, you know, you're just waiting in the car for me, stressing me out. So I know, go get the car washed before we start the journey. Cha-ching. Peace on earth in the umber house. There's nothing wrong with earthly peace. But here's the thing that we must understand about earthly peace. It's fleeting, isn't it? It's fleeting. It can go away. A husband can say something stupid to his wife and the peace goes away quickly. That's Not the peace, though, that we as believers should prioritize ourselves with. Be about it. But it's not the end goal. A clean house will give some temporary peace until Everett comes through. I'm a stickler for a clean house. I like everything put up in its its place. I don't mind making a mess, but clean it up and move on, right? The other weekend, we were babysitting Andy and Logan Pope while Jamie and Whitney went out of town. Great, fine. <laughs> and then Melissa Schutbach had to go somewhere, and so we were watching Carly and Kenna at the same time. 
There were six children in my house. Three of which were Carly, Andy, and Everett. It is a testimony to the Lord's strength that I am not in a straitjacket right now, Miss Kathy. I had to leave the house because I was like, no, peace is not here. I got to go. I got to go. And Alice was like, you gonna? <laughs> okay. The peace that is in this world that we are supposed to be encouraging and building and pursuing that's earthly, is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But are you tired of running out of that peace? Let's be real transparent right now. Every single one of us uses earthly peace. There's nothing wrong with that. That is holy and something that the Lord has told us to do. But are you tired of that peace Running out when you need it the most. In Matthew 10, verse 34, Jesus said something that is quite interesting. Take a look at this. <laughs> now these are the words of the Savior. The passage of Scripture that I'm using this in from, he's talking about disciples. Becoming a disciple. The price of being a disciple. And he says this. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. Jesus himself said. Hey I didn't come to bring you that earthly peace. That's not the job that I'm fulfilling right now. He's not saying peace is bad. He's not saying don't pursue it. He's saying you need to know. I'm not coming to bring peace. And make everybody get along. Not what I'm about. Now the sword in verse 35. It talks about dividing families. Because he wants to make sure that who. Those individuals that want him. That no one else comes above him. That's why it talks about in verse 35 and 36. Like I came to divide families. I came to divide husband and wife. Mothers and children. Siblings. Friends. Because. Those who think they want me, they better want me 100% and you better not love anyone above me. But don't misunderstand. He himself even said, I'm not coming to make the world peaceful. He's coming to be peace. He's coming to give peace to anyone who wants Him. He's not coming to offer you a maid to clean the house. He's not offering you a peace treaty at Camp David. He's not coming to get all of your family members to get along at holidays. No, no, He's saying, I'm coming to be your peace. For He Himself is our peace. Jesus is everlasting. Jesus is not fleeting. 
Jesus cannot be stolen from you. Jesus isn't going to abandon you. I think it's time for believers in Christ, myself included, to pursue divine peace way more than heavenly peace. The peace that passes understanding, his name is Jesus. He is the one that all eternity hinges on. He is the one that heals lepers. He is the one that heals leprous marriages. He is the one that brings dead things back to life. One of my favorite quotes is Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Bless you. <laughs> As this is the final Sunday we wrap up, we remember hope. We remember faith. We remember joy. And we remember peace. So today the thing that I want to ask you, the day, today the thing that I want to invite you or challenge you to do think of a little graft like math class. Remember bar graphs? Right? And if you're visual and you have to actually get your bulletin out and draw it out, Ashley, I know who you are because I'm the same way. I'd be doing the same thing if I was hearing this. Do me a favor. Get your bulletin. Get a pen if you have to. Draw a little line. Put a column for hope because that was the first Sunday. Faith, that was the second Sunday of Advent. Joy is the third and today is peace. Rate yourself. Do some self-reflection Take a minute and pray and ask the Lord. Jesus, where am I ranking on this? Do I have hope in you? Like daily hope, like the workable kind of hope. I'm not talking about like, I hope he comes back. No, no, like hope. Faith in him. That he is who he says that he is. And that, that means that you have to rely on it and you have to believe in it. and You have to, you have to trust it. Joy? Where is your joy? How, how, how high would your, would your bar graph go with joy and peace? And then on that fifth column, write social media. There's a correlation, especially between joy and peace. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. If you're one of those individuals, you don't have social media, praise the lamb that you are free. How quickly does your faith get watered down? How quickly does your joy stop growing? How quickly does your peace get stolen? 
your hope get removed. We have a week. We have a week before Christmas. I want us to walk out of this room remembering the hope of the people in the Bible waiting on a Messiah that we have. Are we hoping and waiting on Him to come back? Do we genuinely know Him? Or do we only know the religion of our parents? One will save you and one won't. Do we genuinely trust Him and obey Him? Do we genuinely have joy in our hearts of Christ our King that will pour out into us praising Him and telling other people about Him? Because that was the example from the shepherd, wasn't it, Tammy? And then lastly, do I want earthly peace that is fleeting, that can be damaged, Or do I want the peace that passes all understanding? And his name is Jesus. As we close out the teaching time and we enter back into praise and worship. I want to remind you that we'll have a couple of people standing at the front. If you want someone to pray with... You want someone to just hug and cry on their shoulder because you want them to pray for you. Those people are here to minister and serve in the name of Jesus, anyone that needs it. If you grew up in a tradition where we call the front the altar, even though it's not an altar because we don't kill anything anymore, But if you, if, you, if you grew up in a tradition where you feel like coming to the front is something that your heart desires, come to the front. It's open. But do me a favor before you walk out those glass doors. Ask the Lord, where is your joy and your peace and your hope and your faith? Let's pray. Father, words cannot thank you enough for sending us a Savior. I just, I think of all the working parts that you put together for us. Choosing Mary. Sending angels to give messages. A tax decree from a pagan emperor that doesn't even know you. Shepherds, sheep, and an inn that was full. A manger that was going to be the most royal baby bed in existence. Heavenly hosts saying glory to you. 
and on the earth peace. Who was Emmanuel that was among men. Father, I thank you so much. Because that cradle was going to turn into a cross. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, I beg you that in this moment of worship that's coming, fill us. Fill us with your hope. Fill us with faith in you. Fill us with your joy. And let us remember that we are already filled with peace if we know you. What a glorious thing.